InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. For those who've reached their 30s, 40s, or 50s, and have started wondering if that's all there is to life, you're not alone. Maybe it's time to re-examine where you've been and where you want to go. With more, here's InfoTrack's Gina Tedesco. Gina? Thanks, Chris. Joining us now is Cheryl Richardson, a renowned author and experienced life coach. Her new book, Waking Up in Winter, In Search of What Really Matters at Midlife, brings important insights on making positive changes for greater contentment. Cheryl, you advise us to start with a candid talk with ourselves about our true needs and desires. How do you advise people to be completely honest with themselves and not say things like, well, I'm interested in this or that, but so-and-so won't approve? Well, you know, first of all, what I'm talking about is really facing a time of transition, whether it's a career transition, marriage transition, or midlife, facing a time of transition with a sense of openness, with an open mind and an open heart, and really being willing to just ask yourself some important questions like, What's working in my life? What isn't working in my life? You know, this book was born from my own sort of dissatisfaction or actually I'll just say boredom. Boredom with having reached a point in my life where I was very good at what I did. I had mastered it. I was very blessed to be able to help a lot of people with my writing and my teaching. But there were certain aspects of my work that just didn't feel deeply fulfilling and satisfying anymore. And so... I've always been a journal writer. I've kept a journal since I was 12. And I ask myself some important questions like, what's the truth about where I am in my life? What's the truth about the work that I'm doing? What aspects of my work do I really feel nourished by? And which aspects no longer serve me, not only in my work, but in my marriage, where I lived, my relationships, my friendships, to really reimagine and reawaken a new sense of meaning in my life. And how do we, though, be honest about that? It's nice to be able to write something down, but don't people tend to self-edit a little bit instead of really getting to that brutal honesty that they really need to do for this? Well, it's interesting, Gina. It's the word brutal that stops people from being honest. And I think we live in a brutal culture, and I think we all have very critical voices in our heads. And so that's what prevents us from being honest. I think we have to make a relationship with not being brutally honest and with not being even fully honest with ourselves. You know, when I'm journaling, I start out maybe telling a third of the truth to myself. And as I continue, then I get to maybe 50% and eventually 75%. And when I get comfortable with the process of either journaling or maybe speaking to a close, trusted friend who's not going to judge you and who can truly listen, when I do those things, then more and more of the truth can reveal itself. So I think to expect ourselves to be brutally honest or fully honest with ourselves or anybody else in the beginning is unrealistic and probably not smart. So stick with it, sure. Yeah, Yeah. just hang in there, exactly. We're visiting with Cheryl Richardson, a renowned author and experienced life coach. Her new book is Waking Up in Winter in Search of What Really Matters at Midlife. You mentioned that finding more happiness sometimes means learning to tell other people no and setting boundaries. Give us some tips to help people do that. I think one of the reasons why most people have a hard time saying no or disappointing others or setting boundaries is because we don't like to be disappointed ourselves, you know. And again, that's one of the things that 
I really explore in this journal is I hate being disappointed. So why would I want to do that to somebody else, right? And I also really care about people and I wanted people to like me. And part of my journey was having to face the fact that there are people right now who don't like me at all, who can't stand me as a matter of fact. And how am I going to be okay with that? And I think we all have to remember that in order to live a life that feels true to us, that feels like it really reflects what's deeply important to us, we have to get very good at hurting people's feelings and disappointing them. That's a fact. Now, it's not that we do that maliciously, but the reality is that sometimes we need to say no or we need to set boundaries in order to protect our own lives. And the number one thing people need in order to be able to do that is the language to say no with grace and love. Sounds very balanced and nice. And speaking of that, a lot of people today struggle, as you know, with a work-life balance. Give us a few bullet points, your advice on handling that. Well, I think a balanced life is a myth, and it's a myth that sets us up to feel like a failure right out of the gate. One of the things I realized as I was taking this journey was that there are times in life where we actually have to spend a lot of time in one area. For example, if you have a child, your whole life is dedicated to that child in the beginning for quite some time, right? 24-7. I mean, most parents would say, my whole life is 24-7. But in the beginning, it's really dominating your time. When I'm writing a book, it's dominating my time. And I think instead of a balanced life, we really have to ask ourselves, am I living a life where I'm able to focus on the things that are deeply important to me? So it's, I think, just recognizing that we are going to need to say no to some things, even things we really want to do while we're pulled in some other direction in our life. And we need to be able to just make peace with that. That's what makes living a high-quality life more possible. Cheryl, if a person decides to quit the six-figure job and take a job that they're really passionate about, but with a much lower salary, that might leave the family with a more modest lifestyle. Is that person being selfish? We all have to pay our bills, right? Especially if you've got the responsibility of a family, you've got to be able to take care of your family. So a move like that is going to require planning. It would be selfish to just make that move without any plan and sort of leave your family in the lurch. Yes. But with the right plan, with a conversation, an ongoing conversation with your family, you know, it's one of the things I had to do with my husband. I talked about reinventing my marriage, reinventing my relationship, making a decision to come off the road. I was traveling all over the world, and I made good money doing that. But I wasn't happy anymore, and I was missing my home, and I was missing my husband. So we had to sit down and really look at our finances. We looked at our savings, our investments. And, you know, I basically said to him, I don't want to be doing this anymore. He agreed. He wanted me to be at home with him. And, and we went about the process of reevaluating and then sort of redirecting our resources so that I was able to do that. So it takes some planning and everybody needs to be on board. If Michael hadn't been on board, I wouldn't have been able to make the decisions I was making. Now, it doesn't mean I just would have continued, you know, overworking and all of that, but it meant we would have had to come up with some strategy where both of us, he would have picked up the slack in some areas, I would have picked up the slack in other areas. So it needs to be a family event, a family affair, if you will, in making decisions like that. But they can be made. We don't want to confuse tough choices with having no choice at all. Cheryl Richardson, author of the new book, Waking Up in Winter in Search of What Really Matters at Midlife. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Gina. For InfoTrack, I'm Gina Tedesco. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.
a production of Syndication Networks of Chicago.